This is the Tribune Audio Network. This episode of Eat It Virginia is brought to you by your locally owned and operated McDonald's restaurants. The McRib is back October 14th. One of the things that I love about this business, I have watched so many people go on first dates and second dates and third dates, get married, have children, get divorced, marry again. I mean, I have seen it all, but I love it. And I love that they come in and celebrate with me and it makes me feel good. It's Monday, October the 7th, and I've left Scott alone. Welcome to Eat It, Virginia. Of course, Roby couldn't leave me totally alone. She doesn't trust me all that much. So we're recording this intro portion of the show before Roby goes on vacation. Roby, where do you think you are right now on October 7th? Well, I know exactly where I am. I'm actually going to be eating at the world's best restaurant. Tell me where that is. That is in Italy. I'm going to be in Modena, Italy, eating at Massimo Bottura's restaurant. It, what are you going to order there? Do you know? It's a tasting menu. Are we, should we be following you on social media? Will you be posting uh, pictures of your best meal ever? You will get all of the things on the social media, so you can follow me over at Eat It Virginia. You can si- you can send questions at eatitvirginia at gmail, or you can send me or Scott Wise on our personal Instagrams, any question you'd like to know about Italy. I'm having major FOMO right now. I'm not even there yet, Scott. I'm not even sure what FOMO means, but I'm having it. You know what? Where you didn't have FOMO because you were there is when we talked to Beth Dixon. That's right. She runs the bar over at Perch, and we'll have her interview next. So, Roby. Yes, Scott. It's not polite to talk about ages, but we're going to talk about ages right now. Okay. Because the country is celebrating a very important birthday. It's the 40th anniversary of the first Happy Meal. Do you remember your first time Well, it, I feel a Happy Meal? I got to say this. The Happy Meal is as old as I am. Aww. I know. You both age so gracefully. Oh, that's so good. The chicken nuggets still do look good, don't they? Always. So tell us what uh, McDonald's is doing to celebrate the 40th anniversary of the Happy Meal. The same thing I got when I turned 40. A surprise party. They're doing a surprise Happy Meal. So what does that entail? Toys. What kind of toys? Surprise. All right. They're toys from the last 40 years. Oh, do you remember what the toys were when we were kids? I don't know, but I'm crossing my fingers for a Muppet baby. Was was there an E.T. toy or a Star Wars? That's what I liked when I was a kid. E.T. phone home toy? That's the one. Oh, Star Wars. Who do you like? In Star Wars? Yes. Han Solo. Duh. Why are you even asking that question? So you want a Han Solo toy? Absolutely. So you don't know when you can get one? Tell me. If if that's the surprise, and I'm not going to spoil the surprise, on November the 7th is when they're going to start the 40th anniversary with all of the surprise toys from the last 40 years. I, I feel like this light is perfect in this restaurant Good. that we're in, which is very, very important because we are in Perch. With Beth Dixon. Light is very important for a podcast. It is. Right. Don't you think? I think so, too. Yeah. It keeps us awake. <laughs> well, I mean, I feel interview. like this was very by design. Perch is very attractive. Like I'm looking at 50 the very kinds of attractive Beth Dixon, who is like manager extraordinaire over here at Perch. Bar manager, general manager, all I'm the managers. The, I'm the bar manager. And then we have a GM, Dare Jarman. Oh, Dare. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. You guys have been together, you and Dare, for a minute now. Yeah, we're Team Death Bear is what I like to call it. <laughs> That's so awesome. Mm-hmm. We have a logo. It has bear with uh, lasers for eyes. 
Seriously? No, we really don't. But. I'm the most gullible human being. <laughs> I totally would have been like, we need that photo so but we I, can put it up when we put oh, the Oh, I joke about on. making it all the time for Team us. Death Bear. Yes, Death That's Bear. That's great. Mm-hmm. So, Beth, you have been... I feel like the, your history with Richmond restaurants, are, it's just long and storied. I would say that's true. You've been, where did you start? Um, I started at a Texas roadhouse by Virginia Center Commons. Oh my gosh, I don't think I knew that. Yeah, that was my first restaurant job. I opened Texas Roadhouse by Virginia Center Commons. Are those the ones where you can drop the peanuts yes. on the floor? Okay. Yes, yes. Huh, yeah, that, yeah. That's, that's a lawsuit. Yeah, I was a server there. Did the country singing for birthdays and everything. And No way. Can yeah. you still do it? No. God, I don't remember that. <laughs> that was like 20 years ago. What was the big song at the time? I don't remember because I really am not a new country fan. But it was kind of like you had to do like little line dancing. And then there was a special birthday song. But... I don't remember it it's anymore. Left your head. It's completely left my head. I, I don't blame you. Yeah, I, I only worked there. I think it was less than a year, and then I worked at B Dubs for like three years. You didn't know about my my like no I had my no pre can can like days sweet chain lifestyle. Oh yeah, that's the best way to learn. Oh yeah, because things get thrown at you and people are super nice. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, I mean, and they have all the like good money for training and you know, all of the good health department stuff and all those corporate rules. It's a good foundation. I love it when people come in with an application and they've got, you know, Olive Garden or Ruby Tuesdays or something like that. I'm like, you have at least a foundation. Now I just have right. to break your, like, cheesy corporate chain restaurant speak, and then we can work with you, essentially. See, that's good to know. What's the flare policy at your bar? <laughs> Um, I would say flair is very hot with bartenders again. I don't know if you've noticed this. Oh, the pins. Yeah, the so pins many are pins. huge. Yes. The pins are huge. I um, We just got our Kool-Aid man from... Oh, yeah, the Kool-Aid from Negroni from yes. Bread and Peck. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a tight pin. It's made a comeback. That? Yeah, it's made a comeback. And all the brands, like all the big brands have their pins and you collect them. And then there's also certain companies that are just putting out a bunch of cool, kitschy pins. But uh, we have a young bar staff here. So they're all in, for the most part, 25 to, to 30. Um, but most of them are closer to 25. I like that she calls that young. Yeah, yeah. It is young. It it is is young. young. I like it. I, I think that's old. good. You shouldn't. You shouldn't. You should not feel old because you're you're kicking it. So from I'm gonna I'm gonna keep her trajectory going because this is a good line of trajectory we have. Yeah. So from B Dubs. Yes, B Dubs. Which I really like a wing there. So I'm I'm mm. I think that's awesome. I worked there for three years. So you know all the secrets. I know all of the secrets. I will not say any of them because I feel like maybe none of them are nice. <laughs> You know what? They don't. They do not have good secrets. You know, what do you want to know? That was mostly frozen. I don't know. The beer is cold. (laughs) They have cold beer. I don't know if the lines are clean. The wings are great. They're delicious. And yes, the beer is cold. It was a sports bar. Do you? uh, You know that I work. Like that's how I met Brittany Anderson, right? No. We were cocktail waitresses there together. At a B-dubs. At a B-dubs on West Broad Street. From Metzger and Brenner Pass, Mm -hmm. cocktail waitresses with Beth. At B Dubs, mm-hmm. we used to get in so- all it's sorts like of trouble best together. The B Dubs ever. Yes. Yeah. Are you kidding? It's amazing. That's our our claim to fame for our friendship is that we met at Buffalo Odd Wings. That's a good slinging wings, slinging wi- blondie, slinging wings, mm-hmm. big busty blondes. <laughs> I love it so much. That's what the BW three stands <laughs> <Yes>. for. <laughs> 
think it's great. Is that one of the corporate secrets? Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, it's like a classy Hooters. So she moved from beat up. She did leave, obviously. And then you went where? Uh, I started at Can Can. I was on the opening crew for Can Can as well. Uh, and I guess it was the winter of 2004. And I was still working at Buffalo Wild Wings. Uh, but I got the job at CanCan, did their whole like opening training. It was a big deal. It was very intensive, very stressful. They had brought all these managers down from New York, and here I am, a cocktail waitress from a wing bar. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, that's kind of the beginning of how I ended up getting into bartending. There was a manager there, Joao Neri, who had come down from New York, and I told him I wanted to bartend, and... He had a bartender that didn't show up one night, and he was, said, here's your chance, sink or swim. And I swam. I was going to say, clear swimming. Yeah, no, I never, like, officially trained to be a bartender. I just would ask the bartenders all the time what they, what they were doing, what they were putting in things. I read, read books, and I watched them make things, and occasionally they would let me jump back there and make things. I would ask the bartenders at Buffalo Wild Wings. For the longest time when I worked at CanCan, I was like the only bartender who knew how to make redheaded sluts and woo-woos <laughs> because I had worked at Buffalo Wild Wings. And those were they, they would like call me over, Beth, them. it's your time to shine. You know Somebody how to asked for woo-woo. some trashy shooters. <laughs> yeah. Come on, girl. And they want 12 of them at once. Yes, yes. <laughs> That's how that goes. I was the shooter queen. <laughs> yes. You still are the shooter queen. Yeah, I could still eyes. whip up a mean shooter. It's I mean, a little fancier now. Well, good. Because, I mean, if you're going to order 12 of them, yeah. they should be delicious. Yes. Because that's Agreed. That's called a cocktail. That place is gorgeous, Can Can. still beautiful. And it's been open for, I mean, what? Uh, I, it opened in January of 2005. And you were on the opening team? Yes. We were training in so November and December. Almost. What What is it about that restaurant do you think that has contributed to its longevity? Well, I would say, first of all, that they invested a lot of money in it. So the equipment and the building and the, the, the remodeling that they did in there is, has held up. So the place doesn't look like it's falling apart yet because mm-hmm. they spent a lot of money. It was like a $5 million build out, I think. It's also so consistent. Yeah. And I think that's a huge thing yeah. is consistency. And I mean, think about the restaurants that have been open for forever. You don't hear a lot of people going, oh, I just had a really good meal there. And then two weeks later, I just had a crappy meal there. Yeah. It's very I mean, it may not, you're not writing home to your mom about it, but you're going and getting, you're going for the experience yeah. too. And it's a beautiful place to sit. And, you know, I you think can that's, bring your that's kids helped because it's loud. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think used, it's the best place to bring your I kid. I think it's a great place to bring your kid. I had my child while I worked there. So I, uh, doesn't that violate some health code laws? <laughs> right at the bar. <laughs> she, she, she was just like, here can, it is. Can, push, push. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. No, I did not have my child in the bar at uh, Can Can, but I was pregnant. I worked, started, I worked there pregnant until I was 38 mm-hmm. weeks along. Wow. And I worked, uh, I went back to work, I guess, like maybe six weeks after I had my daughter. It's tough for being pregnant, correct? Bartending. It was extremely difficult. How do you feel restaurants handle that. Uh, uh, I don't want to make you the poster it child is, for this, but I know subject. it's hard. Um, it was really difficult. I was, I guess, 26 when I got pregnant, so thankfully I had some youth on my side. Um, but I wanted to do natural childbirth at home, which I did end up doing. And I remember like getting past 30 weeks, and it started to hurt really bad. Uh, and it was difficult because there's a baby resting on your cervix. Let's mm-hmm. get real 
physical here. And I remember my midwife being like, can't you just go in the back and do 10 minutes of downward facing dog? And I was like, lady, I don't think you understand the restaurant business. Like, I cannot. There's a 10 minute break in the middle of a busy can-can bar There's also bar no shift. back where there's that space. Well, there's the private dining room, oh, which actually I would occasionally nurse and um, like my husband would bring our daughter up to my work and occasionally I would take, be able to take a break and nurse her instead of having to go downstairs to the basement and pump in the office, which is awful. Pumping is terrible. So um, it's hard. It's really hard. Like I said, you don't have those. It's sometimes it's not necessarily your manager or your owner's fault. Like sometimes it's just really not opportunities to, to take a break and sit down. Um, I ended up, I wanted to work all the way up to 40 weeks pregnant, which I don't think people understand this. They tell you you're pregnant for nine months. That's bullshit. Like you're pregnant for almost 10 months. Like I don't know. I, I think they, I think it's a lie. Yeah, I bet you a man first said, said that. Yeah. The same guy that invented the high heel. Yeah, so. What a jerk. You have four weeks less just to make it seem better and here, put yeah. on some stilettos. Exactly. Make me a sandwich. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling I do love sandwiches, You should though. feel uncomfortable. <laughs> it's the same space for me. Trust, yeah, the I same dude that invented the pantyhose. Pantyhose. Says that we should wear mascara. Yeah, but I made it to 38 weeks and then I, I just couldn't anymore. It was too painful. It's too uncomfortable. So I stopped and took my maternity leave a little early. But it was hard. I didn't have a health insurance. So I had to do Medicare. I I mean, if we want to get real real, I had food stamps for a little while. And WIC helped me out because I didn't have paid time off. I was just a bartender. So I had to, like, apply for emergency services, essentially. And I didn't have health insurance. So I had to use, you know, Medicare. But sure. it covered my entire birth, which was great. Which, by the way, a home birth in 2010 cost $2,800 for all of your prenatal care and your birth. How crazy is that? That's nuts. Yeah, do you know how much a birth in a hospital costs? Like $50,000. Oh, more, absolutely. Yeah. So I saved the state a lot of money. So you're welcome, state of Virginia. And she'd like a check. I'd like a check for all the money I saved you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's serious, she wants a check. I'm not gonna write her a check. You, write me a check, Look Scott. here, stiletto, ten months, not I'm telling like cornered. us. If you guys can't see me, I'm cornered in the corner, back corner of Perch. And I have these ladies staring at me with these we daggers. Are. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Right. I mean, I've never had a child, but I feel for best. Yeah. It is, but I've been very lucky. So once I started working at Pasture 2, like Jason has a million children. And <laughs> he does. Like, that's the literal number. Uh, no, he has four. But at the time, he only had two. Oh, but he, he understands. <laughs> I think sometimes he just like throws somebody else's kid in the alley. If you're listening, please tweet us at Eat of Virginia. How many children do you have? I think it's 10 now. Uh, And Michelle loves kids and babies. So they were always really. And I told him when I interviewed for the job, I'm like, I have a kid. And like, sometimes she's going to be sick. And sometimes I might need to pick her up and bring her in while I'm doing prep work. And they were really understanding about it. And when I interviewed for this job here with Mike, I told him the same thing. I have a kid. I'm a mom, first and foremost. She comes first. Very cool. So from pasture to here, and here we are. Yeah. Oh no, I worked at Heritage for six months. I took a hiatus, which oh. is funny because everyone like I like. I Did think you when see I, my surprise face? I don't think I knew that. Yeah, when I left pasture, I think everyone thought I was like quitting the restaurant business. Like wow. it was that big of a deal that they were like, "Is she quitting the?" Re- um, no, I wasn't quitting the restaurant. I, was, I needed a break. I was burnt out. I'd been there for almost seven years. I had worked at CanCan for almost seven years before that. I, you know, I worked at a bunch of little places in between, uh, but I need a break from from managing. It's hard. Sure. It's exhausting. I mean, it's dealing with staff, dealing with ordering. It's it's a big deal. So, and it's easy to get burnt out. So I got burnt out. So I just bartended for six months with Lindsay Shear over at Heritage and took a nice little little break. It was a little reprieve for me. Everybody loves Lindsay. I think that if you're a bartender in Richmond, you should work with her at least once. I agree. She, I learned a ton from vibes. her. She's 
super smart. She's like the walking, the shirt that says good vibes only. I think that's Lindsay. Like she's just a good egg. She is amazing. And I really cannot thank her enough for taking me in as a, as a refugee when I was like, <laughs> I, she was the first person I texted when I put my notice in and was like, Hey Lindsay, I know you're on Lindsay's list. Can I get it? Do you know anybody that's hiring bartenders? And she's like, I'm hiring a bartender. And I was like, can I come work with you? Raise his hand. <laughs> me please. So, yeah, she took me in pretty quickly, which was great. And the timing worked out really well. And I learned a ton there. I love learning. So it's really fun to get around. I'm, I, I'm very loyal to a fault to where I stay places too long, probably. But I really like to get around and learn things. It's hard to do when you're at the same place for so long. And that's what a burnout basically is. Sure. Is I stay places too long. And then once you stop learning every day, it starts to get harder. Because learning is fun. When, you start, when you're not challenged, you just kind of... Get up and go. Yeah, pretty much. So, and I'm learning a ton here because I have never really worked in a place that has such like an Asian influence. I mean, Joe certainly loves Japanese food and there's a touch sure. of that in his cuisine at Heritage, but this is more of a focus here. So every day I learn something new, learn a new term, learn a new flavor profile. It's fun. It's also very pretty. It's a beautiful restaurant and a beautiful bar with very nice things. So you've been at Perch for since March. So I don't know. Is that like seven months? I can't count. Since March. Since yeah, March. Since March. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So seven, seven months. months. I don't yeah. know. I mean, months. A lot of months. We have a really yeah. smart audience, and they can do the math at home. I like this. We, yeah, okay, good. I'm a bar manager, not a mathematician. So well, I mean, I, I think that <laughs> bar actually bartenders or managers have to be kind of I mathematicians. Do a lot of math every you guys day. are backing flavors out yeah. of. And I mean, that's really what you do is layer flavors, yeah, right? Yeah, it's a lot of math as far as the measuring out balance for cocktails. It's a lot of math on my end, being a manager, trying to do cost control and all that stuff. So I actually do a lot of math every so day. So your favorite cocktail on the menu right now here, because I know that you have a hand in making every single one. I have a really awesome team here, and we all collaborate on the cocktail menu. So almost, I guess every bartender has at least one drink on the list. What does that day look like? Everybody gets together and drinks a uh, lot it and looks then Uber's very, home? very drunk, yes. <laughs> uh, no, um... We all kind of play play with all the drinks for, for a couple weeks, and then usually we will have one day where we all taste together and make sure that the whole list is cohesive and we've got good balance. And, you know, there's a whiskey drink, there's a gin drink, there's a vodka drink, there's a scotch drink, there's, you know, some Filipino and Hawaiian flair on it to match with the restaurant. Uh, but... I would say I have a couple favorites right now. Uh, we have one of our younger, newer bartenders. I'm not younger, but newer bartenders, Parker McGee, put on this really great drink. Uh, and it's got whiskey and mezcal and ancho verde green, nice. um, the green chili liqueur. And he submitted the recipe to me, put it in the box for me to look at the next day and was like, hey, I've got a recipe for you to look at. And he just wrote, try me at the top. With an exclamation point. So Alice in Wonderland. Yes. So Did you get bigger? I tried it. We made it. I loved it. And then I printed the menus the next day without telling him. And I named the drink, Try Me! Exclamation point. So I like that one because I think the name's really cute too. And it's funny because it wasn't intentional for him. He just didn't have a name for it yet. (laughs) Uh, He's a little newer to cocktail development. So he just wrote, Try Me! So that one's really cute. And then we've got... Uh, Is there a box they put their recipes in mm-hmm, so you yeah. can see them? Yeah. We have a recipe box with all the 
uh, different cocktails. Some of them are classic. Some are ones that they're working on. And, you know, I'm obsessed with laminators. So everything is laminated and sure. labeled Clean. and alphabetical and super cute. Um, we also have a drink on the menu that I came up with that's called the Rocket Pop. Uh, and it's got vodka and sake and orgeats and a little Earl Grey bitters. It's really nice. So as a as someone who makes drinks for a living, uh, how would you give advice to someone that wants to do it at home or like be like a hobbyist cocktail maker? Like what, what are some Ooh. of the obvious things that you look for and some of the mistakes that are obvious that you don't want to make when making a cocktail? I would say at home... Make sure you've got good base spirits. Uh, make sure you have a nice variety. You want to make sure you have at least one bottle of whiskey, one bottle of tequila, one bottle of gin. I don't drink vodka, so I don't give a shit about vodka, but I do make vodka drinks because that's what people like. Um, and then you want to make sure you have some sort of vermouth, some sort of bitter, um, acid, so lemon juice, lime juice. Fresh acid's always going to be the best. You know, After a couple days, if you have lemon juice, it starts to smell like nail polish remover. I don't know if you've ever Not noticed that. Drink, I'm guessing. No. So, yeah, using fresh ingredients at home is good. Uh, keep it simple, stupid. You know, old school right. kiss, right? So yeah. don't go too crazy. Try and do anything super adventurous. Learn how to make a classic cocktail really well, and that's what's going to really wow your friends at home. Is there anything to the there should be three ingredients in a cocktail, the separate ones? I mean, like, I because don't a cocktail so. shouldn't be, like, gin and tonic because it should have acid. So. Well, gin and tonic has a lime wedge, right? right? That's what I'm saying. So, so it does three, have acid. Right. So three ingredients? I guess, but, I mean, there's plenty of cocktails that are 50-50 that are delicious, but you're right. Like, I guess the third ingredient is the garnish. So usually the garnish is the third ingredient. We were talking about Perch, it being the one-year anniversary at the end of September yes. here. And you came on a couple of months after it opened. So what contributions do you think you've made to the bar here? Ooh, I would say... Scott always has the very hard-hitting questions. I know, this is hard. Um, when I came in, it was really mainly about wanting... This is the biggest bar staff I've worked with as a manager. Um, the staff at Pasture was really small. I was mostly myself bartending and uh, one or two other people. Uh, we usually had a good partnership since it was very small, but when I came in here, it was a large team. There was like six or seven bartenders that I was working with, and so I really wanted to make it about the team. Um, so we collaborate a ton. I mean, and we have meetings, and I ask them hard questions like, what, am, what do you need more from, from me? Um, you know, do you have any rooms for improvement for myself? And then I talk to them about rooms for improvement for them. We do a ton of education. Um, we do spirits and wine education like, whoa, I'm always looking to do more beer. We don't sell a ton of beer here, um, but we do a is. ton of education well, here. I think that is. I think we're kind of known more as a cocktail place. Uh, I think kind of happens with a little bit more upscale restaurants is that usually it's known more for wine and cocktails. Um, Pasture, I sold a ton of beer. I had 16 taps. Here, we have four. So I try to make those choices very wisely because there's very few choices. Um, but I would say I've brought a lot of education and a lot of teamwork to this restaurant since I've been here. And that's been my main goal is to elevate the team and elevate you know the learning process because that's what's fun. I mean, yesterday I did a vermouth class with Free Run at noon at Quirk. And then I came here and did an Opus One luncheon and learned about Opus One. Earlier in the week, I went to an Angel's Envy event and learned about Angel's Envy. And Toast the trees. I think I want yeah. her life. Yeah. Great, I mean, I would love to learn about vermouth. 
Yeah. Wouldn't you? Fortified all the things. Yeah. It's one of my ingredients. I like to drink it. I like to learn about it. And I try to pass that on to the bar staff here and bring them with me whenever I can, when I get an invitation to do something cool and learn something new. So I'd say collaboration is pretty, pretty huge here. Sure. Oh, did you bring anything from Pasture? I know that we're all sad that that restaurant has shuttered. I'm very sad. I'm, I was very sad when it closed. I left in August. Did you know it was coming, the closure? I wouldn't say I knew it was coming. Okay. No. I was, I was a little taken aside when that happened, but, it, you know, all things have a, have a life, right? Sure. And sure. theirs was... I guess it was time to move on to to a new thing. So, but you're kind of right across from oh, the yeah. individuals that yeah. you were working with at yes. Pastor. So it's like you came home next door. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it is nice. Um, I have definitely skipped over and had lunch with Michelle and Jason down the street at Peter Chang's because we're right next door to each other. So it's nice. We have. Uh, I gave them plenty of notice. It wasn't like I just dipped out on Pastor. Sure. Sure. I was there for almost seven years, so I was very attached to the place. Um, they gave me a lot of opportunities to do things there that I probably wouldn't have gotten other places. So um, they were very flexible with me because, you know, I have a kid. Mm-hmm. Who's which, adorable. Yes, which I met you when I was pregnant with my baby. You sure did. Mm-hmm. She, she helped me buy my first house. Is that right? Yes. How'd that work out? I See, the things that you don't know, or maybe everybody doesn't know about Beth Dixon, is she has her realtor's license or did it? I did. Point? Yeah, I sold real estate for like four years when well, I was bartending at bartending. King Hen. Yes. Yeah. I'm, I used to be a bit of a workaholic. Um, a Renaissance I've, woman. I've gotten better about work-life balance these last like five years, but I used to be a crazy person. So and with the birth of your child, you got better with the work-life balance. That's a good timing yes. for you. That's a good timing. For yeah, you. it kind of forces it, yeah, right? It really does. Because you burn out really fast as a parent every day. So. <laughs> yes, and then you wake up again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> do yeah. it all over. Do it all again. I know. I have to tell all these guys here because a lot of them, you know, Russian people sleep until noon, and I'm up every day at, at 7 a.m. You know, packing a lunch and taking my daughter to school and. You know, I have, I have to be up no matter how late I stay up. So sure. it's hard. It's hard life. It's that life. And Especially you, when you hit the wine too hard the and, night before. And then at noon, it at work, and then the, the angel and the event. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Life. All the things. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I will admit she that there are some those. perks. Okay. There's some perks <laughs> for sure. There's some perks for working in the business. Another thing you might not know about Beth is that she is an actual homesteader. Like, define that because it's a pretty <laughs> time intensive. Homesteader? You make yeah. me sound so much cooler than I really am. <laughs> I, I wish I, I wish I could do this stuff, but I mean uh, it's like very very cool. Uh my husband is an avid gardener, so we have kind of like a mini farm in the city. He's grow he's taken out all of our grass. We don't have any grass. So everything is edible landscaping and we keep chickens and we in the city. Edible landscaping? Yeah. So it's really pretty. So he's got like a whole bunch of perennial things growing that come back every year. And then, so some of them are edible, but most of them are for um, controlling insects. I mean, I'm actually, all the times, because Beth and I are friends outside of this whole situation, so I check her Facebook pretty regularly because, A, I love her chickens, and I love that she can have chickens and do all the things that she does, because that's tough. I get attached to animals, and you manage to have chickens for a really long time. It is hard, yeah. We had um, our first chickens we got on our daughter's first birthday, so Ellie is nine, So we had this one chicken who was very special, and she survived many, many chicken massacres, because I don't know if you know about this, but there are predators that love chickens, uh, raccoons and possums. 
Yes, so, Scott Wises. <laughs> and I don't know if you know this, but raccoons are really smart. Yeah. Uh, and they're also very vicious. And they have, where our coop was getting older, like I said, we'd had them since Ellie's first birthday, so we built a coop eight years ago. And every time I would patch a hole in the coop where it was falling apart, they would find a new way in. But this one chicken, Carleesh, would survive every massacre. And she lived to be eight, and she just died a couple months ago from old age. She wasn't laying anymore, really, but she was... But you loved her. She was our bud. What are the city rules about chickens in your backyard? Um, I do not actually have chickens in my backyard. You can have chickens in your backyard. You can have up to seven, and you have to be... up to six. It's, I thought it was an odd number, which was always yeah. weird. because Nobody knows where I live, right? No, I, you, no okay, I, do, yeah. I don't. <laughs> but you can have them in the city. You legally can. It's a $60, like, yeah, it's $60 fee every year. and You have to be a certain amount away from your yeah. neighbor's yard. But if you have neighbors that like chickens. Or eggs. Or yeah. eggs, it's totally fine. I have lovely neighbors, and we give them eggs, and they pick stuff out of our yard all the time. Because our, our, our front yard is also all garden. Um, and there's like Tom. tons of plants out there, so everybody is kind of free reign. We always make sure to plant certain things for certain neighbors. We have a neighbor, Byron, who loves cherry tomatoes, so we always try to have cherry tomatoes for him to pick in the front yard. Um, our neighbor next door, Horace, you know, he has apparently some giant squash that's growing over our fence on that side, and we say <laughs> whatever goes over on your side is yours. So Seems fair. Yeah. I, I mean, I want to be Beth's neighbor. I love all this stuff, but um, where I'm going with this homesteading thing is you actually started a group of individuals yes. that do very similar things to yes. you. Pickling, canning, I know, and sadly jarring. I haven't had enough time to do um, RVA Swappers in a while. But yes, it's called RVA Swappers. It's been kind of on hiatus for a while because I've been super busy between... Being more involved in my daughter's school, and this job is pretty time-demanding. Demanding. Sure. So, uh, but I still do canning and dehydrating and pickling, and I make hot sauce every year, and I actually have a batch of hot sauce going right now. So, yeah, I take all the stuff from the yard. My husband does all the hard growing and all that stuff, and I do the canning and preserving and getting everything put up for the winter, essentially. So we have nice, fresh ingredients. I think all of those things make your cocktail and bartending, I think it, in my opinion, elevates it a ton. Because I think knowing the background of pickling and canning and, and preserving, and I mean, there's 90 other words that yeah. could go with homesteading. I can't even think of them because I'm not a homesteader. I really think that adds a lot of layers to what you do. Do you feel like that background does? Yeah, I do. I mean, I'm very uh, flavor inspired. So, like, I would say... There's certain bartenders, bar managers who are really good at regurgitating facts. That is not my thing. Uh, I have a terrible memory when it comes to facts. I have a great memory for recipes and I have a great memory for flavors. So I am very driven by my palate. Um, that's kind of where, where I go. I'm, I'm an acid freak. I love acid. So it's kind of an argument I get into sometimes with bartenders when we're doing cocktail development. I'll be like, it needs more acid. They're like, you say that about everything. And I'm like, well, everything needs more acid. So I'm with you. I'm with you. I think it always needs and a lime. Jason always used to tell me my cocktails needed salt. And so then I started putting salt in all my cocktails. And now I'm like, everything needs more acid and salt, essentially. So I'll, every time we do cocktail developments, it's, it's either you need more acid in that drink or maybe you should put a sprinkle of salt because Jason Alley taught me that. And He's right. I just read a book on cocktails saying that people don't should put salt in yeah, them. Yeah, it balances out it, flavors. It's like a huge balance thing. It's brilliant. Mm -hmm. It was an aha moment for me. Was there a drink that you made that you thought was going to do really well, and then you put it on the menu, and people just weren't buying it, and it made you kind of... 
I've had, I wish I could say that I could remember one in specific, but there's been plenty. And there are sometimes there are drinks that you put on for the nerds, you know, where you're like, these are for my people. These are for restaurant people, people that are kind of in the know. And you know that the masses aren't going to enjoy them or order them because uh, they don't like one of the ingredients. Uh, there was a drink I had on at Pasha that had Sambuca in it, and a lot of people have negative thoughts about that sort of an yeast and licorice flavor. It was a great drink, uh, but people can't get past that, you know? We have a drink right now called the Blood in the Water that has Jägermeister in it, and it doesn't sell a ton, but it does sell. Jägermeister's delicious. I, I mean, I understand. I drank a lot of it when I was in my early 20s. I threw up a lot of it when I was in my early 20s, but I'm in my 30s now. I've moved on, you know, I've grown past that memory. You can sip it now. It's not, yeah, it's not yeah. a shot anymore. Yeah, I don't take shots of it, but it goes that well in a Zwack. cocktail. Do you, do you know Zwack, that similar? Zwack, no. Yeah, it's very similar to Jägermeister. It's a, no, also never. that same, you know, dark. How's it spelled? I think it's Z-W-A-C-K. Okay. All right. For some reason, it was an Easter gift. I don't want to talk about it, but it also very similar flavors to Jägermeister. And in my head, I can think of yeah. my 20s. And Goldschlager so was a big one for Wolf, me, too. man. Wolf. I drank a lot of Goldschlager. I also threw up a lot of Goldschlager. Acid-free, <laughs> doing shots. I, yeah. I like that. rock and roll bartender. Rock and roll, totally. We, talk, we talked earlier about your, your career path. Um, yes. Starting off in some of the chain restaurants, Can Can, uh, Comfort, now Perch. What has changed behind the bar over the years in terms of not only Ooh. the job that you have, but... How much life. time do you have? Anyway, we're, <laughs> we're here all day. Okay, we got time. Tip your bartender. Yep. Everything, Tip your bartender. Everything has, has changed and evolved. Um, some for the better, some for the worse. I mean, as, as all things evolve, I think. Uh, I would say when I first started bartending, like I said, the things I was learning about the Wild Wings were, you know, blue and pink drinks which is funny because blue drinks are back now. So are pink and purple yeah, drinks. Yeah, I know. All the drinks. The, the drinks but with names. But they're so, names, they're the so elevated. Drinks. Come on, they're not they're, the same. But it's all that stuff. When I started writing about yeah. food, people were making fun of. Now we have, like, like everybody's like, ooh, let's have yeah. all these drinks that are colored. I no, love it. No, it's true. It is. It's prettier. Uh, because I felt like at Pasture I did a lot of natural things and a lot of things. So... I would have to mix it up because a lot of my drinks were just like a shade of brown because that's what happens when you're using like natural ingredients sure. for the most part. And um, I definitely learned how to bring in other natural ingredients for better color. But there was a while where I was like, oh, my God, all my drinks are, are a shade of brown. But when I first started, yeah, it was all about woo-woos and redheaded sluts and Cosmos and which, by the way, I love a Cosmo. I think you do, too. Oh, you know that I do. Yeah, it's like one of the only vodka drinks that I'm like, all right, that's a that's a I'm, great drink. I am not afraid. Of yeah. You know, why I like it because like I'm an acid freak and it's got plenty oh, of acid. In so it. good. Yeah, I'm not afraid. I, I will roll right up to La Mer on a Friday and be like, you have five dollar Cosmos. Mm -hmm. I'll have two. Yes. Yeah, two. Two. Yes. Because well, then there's five dollar old fashioned, two too. And time. I'm not afraid to say I like those as yeah. well. So you get right. two Cosmos and two old fashions and then you Uber there's a place for everything. Like, I don't feel like you have to be all fancy drinks you can be trashy I don't know if you know about this but I have a term for my trashiness mixed with my fanciness and it's called trancy trancy trashy fancy that should be the name of a drink what yeah some examples of that you should totally uh, have a trancy can it be kind of like a Cosmo <laughs> but not I'm telling you we, can we make up a Does drink any, right here I mean I feel like Scott you need to get to know me better because if you don't Clearly. know about my trashy side well, that's why we're here I'm yeah 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 I'm a bit of a I'm a bit of a country bumpkin are you kidding she's a homesteading i mean come on there's no trashy side here it's yeah just very down to earth i didn't call 
call her trashy. She called herself trashy. I, you know that I'm also, I curse like a sailor, right? I've tried to be, I feel like I've tried to be really good. It would good. be so much worse <laughs> than this if she was I don't here. think I've dropped the F-bomb once, have no, I? Okay, no, good. no, there has been, there, she's been really great. All right, I've tried really hard. Yeah, of course. I'm, this no, is usually a, the mouth. This is an issue for it's, me. It's okay. I know. I'm, I'm fine with it. I can't so help what's, it. what's Trancy? Tell me. So, yes, I'm a country bumpkin, so I grew where, up on a farm. I was going to say, where did you grow up? I grew up in Beaver Dam, and Beaver I grew County. up on a farm. My parents are lovely people. It's not their fault that I'm sort of trashy. <laughs> um, they tried their best, okay. but, yeah, I curse like a do. sailor. Mom and Dad, and I love you, but I'm trashy. <laughs> yes, yes, and I have mouth of the south. I can't, I can't stop it. Um, I have, I believe it's called diarrhea of the mouth. I've heard uh, that term. Yes. So there you go. So yeah, that's, podcast, that's yes. my it's, sign. It's freaking great <laughs> for a bartender though. True. Like, it does. It works out well for me. Truly. I think that Beth is one of those actual, I want to hear about your life bartenders, which I don't think there are many of, I love bartenders. Clearly I love bars, but I don't think we love you. Thank you. Bars do love me. Um, <laughs> I, I don't think there's a lot of you all left that you're like seriously interested in your guest like physically like ask how the house buying go when I saw you at can can maybe two months later or tell me about this or I had a couple of friends get married we went and celebrated at I just the saw them two weeks ago so I married my best friend and her husband, and we say that Beth catered our their wedding <laughs> because she made us all pickleback shots and talk to us about it. It was really exciting. Yes. We're like, oh, our, there's our, our wedding caterer. Yeah. <laughs> That's you. They just came in for dinner like two weeks ago, so it was really good to see them. Well, they call you the wedding caterer because of the pickleback. I'm so glad you mentioned this because I know this is getting totally off topic about Trancy, but... One of the things that I love about this business is that I get to watch, and that's partially because I've been in this business for 18 years. Uh, I have watched so many people go on first dates and second dates and third dates, get married, have children, get divorced, marry again. <laughs> I mean, I have seen it all, but I love it. And I love that they come in and celebrate with me and I, it makes me feel good. It's, it's nice. And then, you know, we, social media means that I get to see them on Facebook and see their kids grow up. And I don't know, I've definitely pushed some couples together over the years and feel like I have a hand in their marriage where I'm like, she yeah. does everything. Oh, totally. It's oh, across the board. She's hundred yeah. percent. I've also pushed some apart where I'm like, girl, do not go on another date with that guy he is asleep strangers or people that you know uh both yeah. <laughs> remember that diary of the mouth thing i told you yeah, about yeah, yeah I, sure. I can't stop it it just comes out of my mouth so what do you pick up on behind the bar also I'm part taking, of the I'm bar notes over here which i think she you're also part of the bar initiative with yeah with, oh yeah so that's something i'm working on right now which is, is safe part bars. of the safe bars yes. which i think is amazing yeah what is something that you pick up? Well, let's talk about safe bars when do you pick up that things are not good on a so first date we talked about my favorite thing of working in a bar is meeting people and watching them grow as people and start families. My least favorite part is dealing with sleazy drunk people. Oh and it is sadly part of the job. And, you know, also you pick up on people fighting and you're like, this is uncomfortable. And you can tell that maybe it might become like a domestic dispute issue later on in the evening because they've fueled by alcohol and also sleazy dudes hitting on women. It's, it's hard and you know you have to be pretty firm with people and um, that's what Safe Bars is trying to bring is education to bartenders in Richmond and how to deal with you know, these uncomfortable situations that we're put in. You know, it's, it's kind of 
it's not fair. You know, we're just trying to make drinks and have a good time, but we often end up, you know, having to intercept and we're often therapists as well. I know sure. I've been there for many people during their breakups and lent a, a year. So it's, what it's is tough. good bar etiquette? What is three pieces of good bar etiquette? Like, what do I want to see from a good bartender? No, what me as a consumer. Oh, as a consumer. Yes, I want to know. Oh, okay. You know, I, we'll talk about what a good bartender is next. Okay. But really what's important to me is as a consumer, what makes me a good consumer? Okay, so number one pet peeve. When I ask you, hi, how are you today? You say, I'm well, thank you, how are you? Not gin and tonic. Ah, not immediate Which drink. Which is a huge... I mean, can we have manners, people, please? That's that's first and foremost. You know, I'm trying to greet you in a friendly manner. I would appreciate you greeting me back in a friendly manner. I feel like a lot of times the guests that I think of that I don't like are the ones that treat me like I'm lesser than because I'm serving them. Uh, so I would say manners is number one. Just And even just simple response to my questions. Sure. Um, I would say also when I come to get drink order from your group, you know, have everyone ready. <laughs> yeah. So it's really hard when people order one drink at a time and you have to come back and forth um, multiple times. It slows down everything for everyone. So if you can get, you know, your crew together and be like, all right, guys, come on, get your drink order. And then we'll all do it at once. That would be really nice. Uh, it's the same thing when your server comes to your table and says, can I get anything for you? And one person says ketchup, and then the server goes and gets the ketchup, and then they come back, and they're like, can I get anything for you? Oh, I'd like a water. It's, come on, get your ketchup and your water and your soy sauce. All at the sauce. same time. Mm -hmm. You know, when the server's there, listen. You know, they're giving you an opportunity to give you good service. Let them, let them give you good service. Uh, don't make it, you know, that much harder on people. Um, but yeah, those are like two of my main pet peeves. I really just think just having manners and treating people well. Treating people as you want to be treated. Lessons. Sure. Yes. Do, do, unto, do unto <laughs> others as you'd like done unto you, you know? The golden rule. So what makes a good bartender? The same things? Ooh, Being uh, prepared and oh having God. manners? <laughs> How long do we have again? <laughs> uh, I would say... First and foremost, manners. Absolutely. A good bartender should be polite. A sh good bartender should greet you within, honestly, 10 seconds. There's no reason why they can't give you eye contact and a hello. If you can't make a drink and give eye contact, then you shouldn't be bartending, frankly. It's, it's, it's a hard thing. and It's something I have to train my staff here all the time or is, is to you know, say, look up, look up. You should always be looking around. Even just a head nod to a guest and an acknowledgement that you see them is going to make them relax. They're not going to sit there with a menu and be like, is anyone ever going to talk to me? Is anyone ever going to talk to me? And I know that you've been in that position. Oh, so many times. And you've been in Everybody, that position. Sure. Yeah. Sure. And I've sat at bars where I'm like, are you kidding me? You like, can, I know you can see me. I know you can see me. I mean, I, I'm the only one at your bar. Yeah. <laughs> you have to be able to see me. Yeah. There's a reason for that, I guess. <laughs> Rude bartender. Yeah. Yeah. So I think greeting people super fast, whether it's just, like I said, a head nod or eye contact. Um, my mom and my dad met in a restaurant. And so my mom used to be a waitress. And when I first got into the restaurant business, she said, always keep people's waters full. She said, that's like the first step of good service. And that's always kind of stuck with me. Because if you're always keeping someone's water full, then you're always checking on them. Mm -hmm. And even if you don't say anything, you're giving them an opportunity to say something to you. So just that simple action of keeping waters full. Uh, so that's something I've always done. I know it's we're getting away towards that as we're trying to be better water conservationists. Sure. But it was something that's always stuck to me, and it, it means you are giving an opportunity. So you don't have to constantly interrupt people's conversations and be like, can I get you anything? Can I get you anything? But you're mm -hmm. there, and if they need something, they can grab you. Um, I think 
also just anticipating your guests' needs, you know, and, and remembering people and remembering what they like and remembering where they sat the last time. Like I said, I can't, rem I can't regurgitate facts, but I'll remember what seat number you were at and what you ordered, how you like your drink. I can't remember to pay my bills on time, <laughs> but I can remember things like that. And but she knows I like a Cosmo. Yeah, yeah. So or, or yes. three, it's cool. Yeah. Never judged either if I wanted five. Yeah, these are all super important things, and these are things that I notice when I go into bars. Is that did you greet me instantly? You know, are you giving me an opportunity to ask if I need something, or is your back to me all the time? I can't stand a bartender with its back. I like how I said it. Mm -hmm. uh, with it its be back. <laughs> Uh, to the bar, You're, you should always be facing out, you know, multitasking. So I'm super ADD, so bartending's great for me. I can do 50 Everywhere things at once. Mm -hmm. We're also working on fire, flower, and fork stuff coming up. We're doing. Um, What's your event for that? Do you know off the top of your head? Yes, we have three. Oh wow! Uh, like I said, there's never a dull day here, and every day something new pops up. Uh, so Friday for lunch. November 1st, I'm doing a day drinking class and lunch with my friend it's Holly. Day drinking with Beth and Holly. Yeah, Perfect. yeah, day drinking with Beth and Holly. So we're going to do... Tickets for that one. Is it sold out already? I think it might be sold out. Mm. So I might have to work some connections on that one. You're you going to have somebody to, at the bar. Yeah, you might, I might be able to <laughs> slip you in, Scott. Nice. So we're going to be doing... You're going to have to work, though. I'll work. You're going to have to learn how to oh, keep I'll your put head you to up and, and make I drinks. I refill water is like the best of Can them. you polish glasses? Because 95% of this job is polishing glasses. <laughs> I think. Do you know about a that? A quick lesson from you, I could probably, I could yeah. probably handle yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, I'm a jerk about it. I'm like, they always try and dim the lights back here. And I'm like, you can't see the glasses. You can't see the silverware. Turn <laughs> the lights back up. So. Yeah. All right. And what are, the other, what are the other events, do you recall? Oh, yeah. So day drinking with Beth and Holly is on Friday for lunch. Mike's going to be cooking lunch. Holly and I, Holly's coming up from Nashville. She uh, works at Sunda there, which is another kind of upscale Asian restaurant. And she's also a brand ambassador for Angel's Envy. And we met on a Patron Hacienda trip. My life is so hard. It yeah. Like it. It's really hard. Yeah. You got in the wrong business. You did. Yeah. So she's coming up and we're going to do low ABV cocktails and like teach how to make them and about flavor balance like we talked about earlier there'll definitely be acid there'll definitely be salt involved um and then saturday night we're going to do a bar pop-up so this year i guess fireflower forks doing pop-ups instead of like after parties yep. per se um our team's working on the theme for that and what we're going to do but we haven't quite got it ready for announcing and then sunday night we're doing a dinner with luke owens who mike did a dinner with last year uh, and we're going to have Robert Jones, Master Sam, do wine pairings for the dinner. Very so cool. it'll give me a break because I have Friday and Saturday. I'm like, I don't, I don't need to do all three. <laughs> it's a long weekend. It's going to be Halloween such a long Thursday, week. Yeah, right? and so yeah, and you know, oh, yeah, I'll be in full kid mode. Yeah, I'm hoping the, um, I don't know, you guys are in the news. Have you heard anything about the parade in Oregon Hill? Is it still going on? I hear that it's still going on. Okay, good. Which is a great parade. The, the day of the, yeah. It's a, yeah, it's, it's, it's a amazing. It's a wonderful parade. Yeah, I shouldn't talk about it because I don't want it to, like, not Blow be up. there. I know, it's every year. Every year But I love it so much. We go every year. Hanover. It's so much fun. I never do Hanover. It's crazy over there. I can't, I can't handle it. But I love the parade. It's, it's amazing. Hanover Avenue, not Hanover County, where you're from. Right. right. Hanover. Oh, Hanover County. Yeah. So here's the thing. I love Halloween because I grew up on a farm. And do you know what we don't do on a farm? 
We, we don't trick or treat. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. My driveway is a, a mile long. There's nobody coming to my door to trick or treat. But you have so. haunted hayrides. That's all. Hanover's all about yes. corn maze. Yeah, my dad hayrides. used to put on a haunted hayride for us too. It was terrifying. He was I a Boy Scout leader, and he had the Boy Scouts like go and hide in the Just woods the with chains. The... Yeah, for me and my friends and no. stuff. And he would they would have chainsaws and jump out at us. My I have an older brother, so me too. And why do they like scary stuff? I like don't know. That? He used I, to torment me. It's, it's horrifying. I can't yeah. handle it. Therapy he, time. With yeah, I know. And our older brothers and how they used to torment us. Did your brother spray you in the face with oven cleaner? That's what I want to know. No, he used to hold me down and spit on me. Oh, that's disgusting. Yes, but that's older brothers for you. Yeah, they're terrible. I was an older brother. Yeah, I still did, am actually. Did you bully? <laughs> did you say, bully you your younger siblings? Your siblings? No, I don't think so. Eric, if you're listening, you can email us at eatitvirginia.com <laughs> and let us know if I ever bullied you. Let me tell you, my brother is definitely not listening, but he is great, and he had three younger sisters, so he pretty much had to just put us wherever he could. Oh, that's sweet. I love my brother. We get along really well, but I still mess with him about all the times that he tormented me as a child. As you should. Mm-hmm. He was a criminal, and he would blame all of his criminal acts on me. Like an actual criminal? Uh, he started a fire in my closet. Okay. And he was roasting marshmallows, and I was taking a nap. In your closet? Yes, in my closet. I don't know. He was, like I said, he was a criminal. He was a criminal oh, child. Does, I think I'm going to roast the marshmallow <laughs> I in should, a closet. I should probably tell you now that he's a lawyer, right? <laughs> okay, that, that makes sense. I would like to know the legalities of roasting marshmallows yeah, in closets. Yeah, no. Is that arson? Hanover, anything goes. Oh, this was before we moved to Hanover. We <laughs> oh. still lived in Maryland until I was five. Maryland, definitely That's where it's okay goes. to roast marshmallows okay. in a closet. Yeah, 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 I think he like threatened a kid with a knife, too, or something. All right, he did so all he, sorts of bad lawyer, shit. He's a bad kid. I don't want to sue the podcast because we have zero money to... He's, true. He's this actually not allegedly. We have a witness. He's, he's an a lawyer, he's an environmental law, not uh, criminal law. So <laughs> the trees don't sue. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they don't. But, yeah, he used to blame all his criminal acts on me. What a jerk! So you are a much better younger big brother. brother d- older brother Dixon. You're a jerk. <laughs> I don't know about that. That's funny because we he worked in the restaurant business here for a minute too, and we used to work at Legend Brewery together for a while. I've worked a bunch of other places in between all of these all long of the stints. I know. Eighteen years. I but love it. when I first started there, everyone my brother's name is Sam, and all the servers used to pick on him because he's a funny guy. He's super witty and super smart, so people like to get to him any way they can. And one of the things that they would say there was just Sam sucks. So that was like the thing they would just shout out randomly. Sam not sucks. Witty or smart. I know, but that was their only way to get back at him because he has the stingers you know yeah. so that that was their thing they would like ring ring, ring in tickets and they would say sam sucks <laughs> and they loved sam. when i came there because then they were like oh we're gonna help you get back at That's your brother retaliation for yeah treating retaliation death yeah for for blaming all, all his criminal circle. acts on me yes the, grim- the, the stabbing of a friend he I didn't moved stab that i'm joking i'm joking it, it was probably like a swiss <laughs> army knife or something Still, <laughs> violence sam full of violence I think um, I've covered all the things. 18 years of bartending, can-can, here, perch, pasture. BW3s. Oh, man. Covered safe bars. So I have one last question Edible for you. Edible lawns. Oh, God. And we've had this conversation before. Okay. A lot of individuals think that the this role, a bar manager, how it is, is not a permanent job. Ooh, like, and, yeah. And, it gets, and I think that it gets a really bad rap. Yeah. So for individuals that feel that way, I think that probably here's your opportunity to tell them that this is your... Favorite. You want me to tell them to suck it? Yep. That's exactly <laughs> what I wanted you to tell. Actually, I want you to tell him to eat it. Are you going to bleep that out? Yeah, (laughs) eat it? I want you to Um, tell him to eat it. I, yeah, I hate that mentality because, you know, this is an old trade and it should be treated as much. And, you know, I'm always looking for, 
you know, people to hire who are professionals, who I can tell her they have a passion in it and they want to do this for the rest of their lives. And I always feel bad because I feel like a lot of younger people in their 20s when they're like, oh, I really love the restaurant business, but their parents tell them that it's not sustainable and, you know, you should go to college and you should do this. But you know what? College isn't for everyone. And, you know, there's so many people out there with college degrees who can't even get jobs, you know, so working for you right now. Exactly. Yeah, no, precisely. So, I mean, treat it like a trade, just like you would treat being an electrician or a plumbing or, and that's a respectable trade. So I don't understand why being a cook or being a server or being a bartender is, isn't a respectable trade. It should be treated as much. And like I said, I've been doing this for 18 years. I tried real estate because I love architecture and I love older homes and things like that. And it's still a hobby of mine, but it wasn't a passion and this is a passion. So that's why I stick with it. I love it. You're listening to Beth Dixon, the bar manager of Perch. This is Roby and Scott with Eat It Virginia. This has been a production of the Tribune Audio Network. This episode of Eat It Virginia was brought to you by your locally owned and operated McDonald's restaurants. National First Responders Day is October 28th. Show your first responder ID for a free sandwich.